Morty's Devils, the podcast is the edited version of the limited run Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play of the same name. wage their never-ending blood war for possession of the material plane. One man has alone stood against both sides in his effort to maintain the balance and thus preserve all life as we know it. We have known peace for a time. That peace is now threatened. Unable to do it alone, he has brought together an elite group of tieflings who all have a stake in the battle. They are called Morty's Devils. Hello again. Thank you for letting us take a quick break to stretch our legs and rest our voices. Have some water, and I hope you did as well. If you're at home, have a beer for me. I didn't have enough uh, time to go out and get a beer before I left. I started this stream today, so I didn't get to have my regular, usual, usual Friday brew. I'm Kyle. And I am the Dungeon Master for Morty's Devils, an ongoing 10-game arc that runs right up to Gen Con. Uh, I will be at Gen Con with my family this year. Some of the other Morty's Devils will play there and be there as well, running games and whatnot. I'm hoping to maybe put together a Morty's Devils meetup and game there. It all depends on what things are looking like in a couple weeks' time, since we're still a bit of time away from Gen Con itself. For those of you who are at Origins and maybe tuned in, thanks for doing that. And for you, those of you who have loved ones at Origins and are stuck home alone on a Friday night, thanks for being here and spending your time with me. I'll be your uh, non-Origin boyfriend. Why not? First, let me say thanks to Phantom Rollbooth, the Twitch channel we're on right now, and who is giving us the platform in order to create and build and develop this game. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to create this hilarity and goofiness uh, every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, it was a pretty contested time slot right there <laughs> when I said what time I wanted to run the game. Thank you as well to my wife, my daughter, and my dear friend Chelsea for the video you see at the beginning. They did the art and the introduction and learned their video skills. Thank you as well to chat and everyone listening tonight and watching the game here. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without you, and I would not be able to do this at all without my players. And so before we went away to break... A huge prison riot had started up, and the guy who was hefting a big set of barbells with these two halflings spotting him had the metal had the 
the weights stripped from the barbell itself and he took that barbell and he swung it with both hands as heavy as he could in Kip's direction and Kip doing Tai Chi at the time was able to evade it because he did not roll high enough to beat Kip's armor class in the attack but that is the first thing that brought Kip into the battle. The next person brought into the battle was Oriana as another, like maybe like a monk type character, a prisoner with their sleeves rolled up and their pant legs rolled up to reveal tight, beautiful, muscled forearms and calves. Like that's probably all the exercises he does is forearms and calf exercises. And he levels a couple of quick jabs at the side of Oriana, both of them connecting and doing 14 points of damage as he brutally strikes her and drives the wind from her lungs. And lastly, Fauna, you are talking to those two Swedish ladies and one of them draws from within her prison garb. She draws a frying pan and the other draws forth a rolling pin and they start beating at you with both of these weapons saying things like horske borske dorske forske as they rain uh, improvised cooking utensil weapon damage down upon you um, only a couple of them hit and they only do like five total points of damage one does two and the other does three but they do manage to land their blows we're in the middle of a big prison yard brawl a big prison yard fight Chad, if you want to help with that description, lay out for me all of the beautiful color that is going on in the background, because I'll pass it on now to my players to reintroduce themselves for anyone who's newly joined in and tell you a little bit about themselves, and then they can describe some of the things that they've done during this prison yard brawl. Hi, I'm Rich. Uh, I'm at Quixotic on Twitter and most other platforms. I play Kip, who is a, a wizard. You can find me this coming Tuesday night on the Greyhawk channel in the final episode of the Dying Kingdom Iron Heroes. And you can also hear my voice in the Fangirls podcast, which fourth episode is uh, releasing sometime soon. And so after Kip just barely avoids being squashed by that uh, makeshift weapon, he's going to step back and, and take out a little bat fur and some coal and go... Lights out, dude! And cast darkness. So that oh that is a, if I can remember correctly, that is a 15-foot radius sphere. And so he's going to cast it with him in the center of it. So everybody, everything okay. around him is just utter darkness now. Okay, perfect. And then he's yes. going to move as far away as he can. Cool. Can he see in this preternatural darkness or can he not? I think it's because it's magical darkness. I don't think he can. <laughs> so you're blind as well. He's just going to go, hey, direction. this is where the, that was, attack was coming from. I'm going the opposite way. Perfect. Roll a D10. D10. Oof. Yeah. And if you roll an eight, you're running right back at the guy. Just so you know. Oh, God. Thank uh, God. D10 is going to determine the direction with which you're going. Six. What'd you get? A six means you're running about 90 degrees away from the guy, not exactly the opposite direction, but that yeah, works. perfect. Excellent. Yeah, all right. You've cast darkness and you dash away. Who's next? Pretty sure that's Fauna and myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I pointed to myself. I don't know. Then I started to talk. Hi, I'm Nathan. I've done this before several times. 
That's right. Uh, again, what's up, everybody? I'm Nathan. Use he, him pronouns, and I'm at not another Nate on Twitter. Uh, hit me up on there anytime. I am playing Fauna. They use they, them pronouns, and Fauna is getting beat upon by two ladies that he thought was were going to be his best friends in the world, the, the Swedish chefs. Um, now that that's not the case, Fauna takes a step back from them and spreads out his arms, spreads out their arms very wide and says, mm, it's beginning to look like rain, isn't it? And looks up into the sky and, and calls lightning. Holy moly. Okay. The spells call lightning. A storm cloud appears in, in the shape of a, a cylinder, 10 feet, 60 foot radius, blah, blah, blah. And then I can use an action every turn to call a bolt of lightning down to where I choose. Okay. So Fauna will take a step back, look up in the sky and say, it's beginning to look like rain, isn't it? And with a, with a striking fist, call down a bolt of lightning onto the, just behind the two ladies. Okay. Yes. Into the, I mean, it, it just, cause this is now a swarm yeah, and they're part of it and it does the damage. It does, uh, uh, they don't make their dexterity saving throw. They fail that. So how much damage does it do? It will do. 19 points. Holy. Okay, yeah. You do rend the prison asunder. There's darkness, um, inky black darkness working its way towards you. You're not too sure from whence it came. And we uh, we turn our way to Paige. Hi, I'm Paige, and I am playing Oriana. You can listen to my voice on Tavern Tales podcast. Um, you will hear my voice in episode six of Fangirls, or you can follow me on Twitter at next underscore page or on Instagram at Miss Model Page. So we find Oriana being jabbed in the side. Immediately, as soon as that happens, she runs around the biggest person in the yard that she found and grabs herself like this. And casts invisibility on herself. Oh, okay. What do you say when you cast invisibility? Well, all of her spells seem to end the same way. And it sometimes, as you can see, causes confusion. Um, so she casts Invisaocus. Wow. Okay. Says it with authority. And Broad says, oh, <laughs> gone. Oh, I'm less worried now. And he just goes and he joins the fight, starts pum pummeling and kicking and punching people. He grabs pretty calf and forearm guy and just throws him against a wall. And that guy does not get up again. And the, the, the battle rages hot and heavy. But at one point here, you, um, what's your passive perception? Does, does anybody have a 13 or higher passive perception? I have a, 10. I have a 12. Fun has a 12. I apologize. 11. Okay, so none of you have a 13. You don't know where from whence it came from, but the darkness is dispelled and the swarm lays into you all again. This time, Kip is struck. You don't know from where or who or how, but a 
I don't remember what the littler ones are called, but the little weights that you, uh, actually it's a shake weight. It's a 30 pound shake weight gets le- levied, hits him square in where his tramp stamp tattoo used to be before he had it removed, uh, hits him right there in that lower back and does 16 points of damage oh, wow. to poor Kip. And, um, can you make a dexterity saving throw to not fall down? And then the other, uh, attack, another thrown weapon, weapon of something that's an aggressive shake wake you're right wrath of grod it is there is another let's see it's oriana an entire stairmaster gets rolled over on top of you and i need you to make a dexterity saving throw as well to avoid getting getting trampled and fauna you escape notice this time as uh let people dash away from you where the lightning is being as a uh, is striking um, and getting out of the way of that. So how'd you do on your your dexterity saving throw there? It Rich? was a 10. That is not enough. So you are laid out on the ground and prone. And Oriana, what happened with you? I got a 20. Oh, wow. So you avoid it altogether and it crashes over and some sort of pithy 1980s comment comes out of Oriana's mouth as the stairmaster topples over and you get out of the way. What do you say? I like Nathan's. That's a good one. <laughs> Let's get physical, physical. <laughs> I like that one too. But instead she goes, let's get physical. <laughs> I have to say the other physical. Or it's not a, a great line. But she thinks it in her head. Oh, I like <laughs> Second physical is only for herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the director cuts and says that, no, you're supposed to say the other physical. And the writer's like, but the line I wrote was, hey, looks like I've got the step on you. Uh, Whatever. And he just like throws his couple of pages to the ground (laughs) that remains of the script to be read. And he just kind of goes and sits down, has a decaf coffee. It's the same guy that was that is playing M.A. Morales. <laughs> Just so you know, he's the writer of this episode. Moving back into combat round, it is now Rich's turn, followed by Nathan. All right, so after getting hit really hard, Kip is going to get back up, and he's going to cast Mage Armor on himself. So he's going to grab a, a little piece of leather, hug himself, and go, safety first! So his his uh, AC is now 16. Excellent. That's a nice armor class. Good action. You now have that for the next eight hours. What would you like to do, Nathan? Followed by Paige. I would like to call a bolt of lightning on nearby combatants to my friends. So wherever thematically it would be, if someone say, say someone's running up behind one of them and going to hit them with a weight or another shake weight is going to come flying out of nowhere... <laughs> Fauna would like to look at them and go, time for some enlightenment. <laughs> and brings down the, the, the lightning bolt on them. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it's a swarm. So you're yeah. not really, I mean, you can target into specific individuals and that's great for color and all, but these are all extras yeah. running around, um, wearing their prison gear. No one told them that they were going to literally get struck by actual lightning in this scene. And that is what happening. And the director's like, I called for reality. And what did you do for your strike? Because they actually did manage to roll and succeed on this dexterity saving through. So it'll only take half. What'd you do for damage? Cool. 27. 
So they'll take half of it. So they'll take what? Four, 13? Uh, yeah, 13. 27. Yeah. Uh, 13 damage. So, yeah, they have taken 19 and 13. And that is 32. So they are looking per- like a lot of them are laid out with bloody noses and concussions and brutal injuries as we move on to Oriana's turn, followed by the swarm itself. Oriana casts sleep. <laughs> on herself? On or the yard. On the yard. Okay. Oh. I'm going to let you know that with your 5d8, the likelihood of you managing to knock out this swarm is pretty high. So... I will take, but you can roll whatever you want, and that I'll just deduct that as hit points as you knock out specific low let low level low end individuals from this fight. Okay, but normally they are re- immune to those sorts of conditions that would be applied to them. This sort of because it's a giant brawl, and you're not trying to specifically target specific individuals. You're targeting a group. So go for it. Roll your five d eight. Say your sleep command. What is it you, that Oriana says when she casts sleep? Nap. <laughs> nope, not funny. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I pity the fool who came up with these spell names. I gave you some words. Be insightful, be powerful, and you're giving me Napculus? Oh. <laughs> that was the writer. <laughs> It doesn't seem like he's actually playing a character when he was playing M.A. Maracas. The coffee wasn't decaf. (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) Although it did seem like he's actually drinking decaf. Now, you say Napulus, what did you get for 5d8? The total, right? Yes, please. 19. Oh, excellent. So that's 10. So we're there. All right. So a bunch of inmates fall asleep. They're not particularly useful ones. Uh, one of them is Broad. Broad uh, it falls to a knee and then falls to blissful slumbersville. He actually gathers up a halfling and uses it as a pillow. <laughs> Poor little halfling is still awake and cannot move and is restrained. As we return once again to the swarm as they make their attack actions, uh, one of them dashes forward, Oriana, with a broken bottle. And I'm going to roll this one because I haven't rolled it yet. I have a 17 to hit. What's your armor class, Oriana? 12. And you take 10 <laughs> slashing damage. Oh, no. <laughs> now... Um, one of the other inmates has picked up a rock and has thrown it at Kip. And I have rolled a nat 20 on my rock throw, but it's just a rock. William freaking Wallace over here. It's a big stone, one of those big, huge ones. Like it's just big, flat cement piece of of uh, of heaviness, and he just launches, or actually maybe two or three of them launch it at you, throw it down upon you, and they do ten points of damage because it's a crit. Question: Yes, do they have anything plus that twenty? Oh, I, I rolled a natural twenty, so the total to hit is a twenty-five. Okay. I was determining whether or not I wanted to use shield, and I can't. Oh, whether shield. I, I think a nat 20 is going to hit okay. either way, isn't it? Isn't that how it works typically? I don't know. But nonetheless, 10 points of bashing damage, and that was that was the end of the the big brawl's turn, um, and it is... It is now back again to the good guys who are trying to live through this fight. What would you like to do? Kip will go to the nearest person, and he'll try to grab something and and if you'll allow it make like a makeshift quarter staff 
sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a barbell leg. All right. So he'll, he'll grab that and just kind of like spin it around a couple of times and just hit somebody in the face if he can. Sure. I mean, you can just grab the giant shake weight and hit somebody in the face with that. Go for it. Make your attack roll. Did you or did you already do it? It just hits. It's an 11 to hit. Oh, nice. And how much damage did you do? All right. So that is five. Perfect. Moving on, unless you have anything else you'd like to do. At this point, no. You just like when he hits, he's just like, because that's what you okay. do in the 80s, right? Yeah, absolutely. It is now Fauna's turn, followed by Oriana. Fauna has their hands tucked behind their back uh, in that kind of calm pose and is walking toward Kip, almost like they're going out for an evening stroll. And as they do, they see some people run up, run on them and, and another bolt of lightning streaks down for 27 points of damage. <laughs> Holy uh, moly. In 80s fashion, it doesn't hit once. It kind of explodes the earth with those, you know, how they used to do explosions and it all over, um, all over around Fauna. Yes, you have successfully with this third strike obliterated. Uh, those who are still around have broken free from this um, this swarm, and they have they are quickly dispersing back indoors. Or and the fight has been quelled immediately and utterly, except for one last combatant, because it is Oriana's turn. Oriana is invisible and was still struck. So what does Oriana do with the last action and against this uh we'll say it's one of the strongmen halflings that was able to smack you with that broken bottle what would you like to do i think she's gonna remain invisible and run away (laughs) oh okay you didn't want to theatrically clobber that poor halfling before as the because the whole entire fight is done and over except for that one halfling who just stabbed you is still in your is still in your sights you know what? She's actually <laughs> she's actually gonna slap him across the face <laughs> in the Oriana fa- fashion. <laughs> backhand or or palm of hand? Oh, backhand for sure. All right, it's a bitch slap, hundred yes. percent. Okay, perfect. I can you know this this little halfling has um it looks like he hasn't shaved in about a week. He has a pair of glasses, smaller eyes, black hair of an Italian sort. He's got some chest hair sticking out from underneath his prison garb, and he's kind of got a, a a sallow kind of complexion, and he's like. Oh, why? <laughs> As he goes unconscious, he just falls over unconscious. Um, he looks like he's laying in bed and he went to roll over and his spouse just like hauled off and slapped him while asleep. And that is what happens there. I didn't do it. <laughs> Kyle is playing off life experience and this is not okay. <laughs> All right. I thought for sure that Aaron in chat was going to come forward with some comments, but maybe he's just too intense in his game right now to recognize that Kyle's calling him out and his wife hitting him asleep one night. Now, moving forward, guards enter the, the, the yard. They espy the two of you immediately and looks like they're going after you directly. They are not paying any attention to the others in the, in the yard. They are just letting them go through. Whoa, 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 guys. What they have the problem. stun batons and they go right up to you and one of them grabs you by the shoulder, Kip, and says, 
inciting a riot, you're coming to solitude. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> he looks at you, all like sad and chagrined, and he looks to the side, and he looks back at you, and he looks to the side, he's like, you can't say that, man. Now I actually have to do that. Oh, no. And he, of course, because... Uh, actually, yeah. that felt kind of good. Oh, man. <laughs> and he tases himself. Oh, just a little bit. Yeah. And the two of you kind of bro out as he leads you to solitary. As he's tasing Kip, he kind of touches himself so he can get a little bit of the shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, of course, he still has his hand on him. Yeah, they like, they see if they try to dare each other to lick the stun baton on the way to solitary together. Another guard goes over to you, Fauna. Uh, this guard is chubby and overweight and unhappy and says, You've been citing a riot. Come to solitary. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. Okay. Take me to your leader. <laughs> uh, what? Did you- well, you're coming with me? Oh, you don't want to put up a fight or anything? Do you, do you want me to kill you? <laughs> what? You, you ask if I wanted to fight you. I, do you want me to kill you? What? No, I said you're not going to put up a fight, question mark? That wasn't an invitation to oh, fight. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was an invitation. I'm sorry. I I accept your apology. Oh, I didn't mean to apologize. I, I, I wasn't really apologizing about that. I was apologizing about um, trying to kill you or, or threatening, you know. Did you actually try to kill me and I didn't notice? I, I did twice already and you didn't notice. Um. Well, thank thankfully you have not been able to maintain that spell any longer because you didn't strike it this round. So phew I, on that. But yeah, I know okay. if there's only if that was my only spell that I had, it, it would be a shame, wouldn't it? <sighs> You're telling me I'm glad I came. Well, I I drew the short straw having to come I, over here. It looks like you've drawn the short straw a lot. Um, I'll follow you along. <laughs> Your words are cutting. Not even a bard. <laughs> Uh, um, do you, do you need to tase me in order to feel better about yourself? You'd let me do that? <laughs> he looks shocked. If hey. hey, if that's what, um, if, if, yeah, must. <laughs> oh, uh, can we just, can you look like you're putting up a fight? Like, and then I can do the okay. tasing thing because the warden would be so, I would get like, not, I would actually get uh, dinner tonight. If I'll that shake was a case. lot too. Like, you, like it's really getting me. Okay. Oh, okay, okay perfect. Okay. Yeah, that I won't actually tase you if you're just gonna fake it. Yeah, that's fine. And then he calls Fauna okay. hauls off and and tries to look like they are going to hit them hit him, but they yeah, it's pretty comical. It, yeah, and it's pretty comical on that part too because their deception check is at yeah. a negative, so they they have a minus to their charisma, and it's very apparent that they're not even holding the stun baton correctly because it's reversed and not actually on and pushes it into you and what is your deception check just just your stat deception is zero yeah so we're looking at random luck here as to whether or not anyone's gonna believe you (laughs) one actually stops and says no no the other way around you have to the other that end goes on me and then you hold that end (laughs) (laughs) i'm so bad at this just come with me. I hope Barber College works out. And basically, Fonny gets up and starts walking ahead of him. This <laughs> is so sad. And he um, kind of brusquely tries to poke you, but he's too far back and it just kind of misses, leads Fauna to solitary. 
there is there are two more guards and they are looking about. They are a half elf and an elf and they are looking all over the place and do not see Oriana anywhere. What are you doing, Oriana? I've actually snuck in behind Fauna to follow where they are going so that I can release them. Oh, okay. This is great. Fauna is actually not on set that day. She's actually back in her trailer rehearsing her lines for the next part, but the camera follows along behind Kip and Fauna, and you can tell because of framing where the empty space is that they you know, assume this is where Oriana is. And we have inserted some over speak in there in between so that you know some dubbed over lines what does oriana whisper to kip and to fauna individually to let them know that she's there and you know sneaking along beside so she gets up close to kip and she just whispers you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) and then she she uh, sneaks up to fauna and she says Kip's an idiot. <laughs> uh, I know who it is. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fun and nods knowingly. Sort of wise words. Um, along the way, there is a, a mop that is leaning against the wall that Oriana bumps into with her skirts or whatever she's wearing for her prison garb, and it falls over with a loud clatter. And she passes through a patch of water where that mop was mopping, apparently, and you can see her footsteps uh, as she follows along because they, they decided to spend the money on this sort of entertainment for everyone. So they take you away to solitary. And it is not as you anticipated it to be, because you are not sent thrown in there alone. You are thrown in there and there is a huddle, a bit of rag in one corner, but you are all sent in there together. So both Kip and Fauna are sent into solitary into the same room with a, the door closes and it's got that tiny little grill with um, that they can open and close like a mini door itself. Now, the question, though, is, Oriana, do you sneak into the solitary as well or do you remain outside of solitary? Which way does the door open? <laughs> Good question. Which way do you want the door to if open? If I go in with them, I want it to open out from the in. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it definitely opens outwards. The hinges are on the outside of the door and it opens away from the prison itself, if that's what you would like it to be. Yes, but as I pass through, um, I drop a piece of wood that came off from one of the tables in between the door so it doesn't lock. They're definitely going to close and lock the door behind you. So if you try to, like, the the guards are there pushing the door closed. So if your intention is, if your intention is to keep the door in some means unbarred, I'm sure you might have a spell that would assist you in that or whatnot to unlock a door if you'd like to, like knock or whatnot, um, or even just fireball. (laughs) So you have options if you need to get out of this room because you are magic users yeah. can we make fireball option like d or e just uh, if we're talking about it we'll see how much kip talks so <laughs> shut up <Kip>. as <laughs> as they close the door kip's like uh, i don't think you understand the meaning of the word solitary no okay bye 
the one guard isn't paying attention to you because they're still crying from the sick burns laid upon them by fauna and the other one is debating whether or not to tase that one because <laughs> he's kind of gotten it he's kind of gotten a taste for holding someone and tasing that person while he's holding them so those are the two guards the other two guards uh are still combing the environs for oriana who is still invisible so oriana do you sneak into solitary or do you remain outside on the other side i'll sneak into solitary perfect do you sneak into solitary well or poorly i think i sneak into solitary poorly to the point that i do something so that my invisibility wears off right as i'm passing through Perfect. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> what? They, one of the guards says, and the one guard's like, it just, it's just so hurtful. Barber College? And no, no, you fool. And then they clo- the door closes and locks behind you. The three of you are now in solitary together. The bundle of rags in the corner. There is light from somewhere that's coming through the roof. Hey, uh, chat, if you could, if there isn't, if there are people in chat who are, who are wanting to, can you tell me what light source this is that's giving them the ability to see the vestiges of what's going on in this room? How big is solitary, Nathan? I would say it's, um, it's a 10 by 10 cell. Oh my. Okay. So yeah, just room for four people standing in their five foot squares, right? Four miniatures are aligned properly in <laughs> spots. Um, the three of you and a bat and a bundle of rags. Uh, Rich, um, what does the stonework in this solitary look like? I feel like it, it would be um, like a, a rough sandstone, but it's probably got like stuff drawn on the the walls or like scratched into it that this mm-hmm. this individual has been doing to pass the time. I love it. That's awesome. Um, there are the light is actually coming from two different sources. There is a tennis ball sized floating orb of verdigris energy, which is this like sizzling and crackling. And there are fireflies that are in jail. And of course, this is where Firefly Jail is. Those fireflies are circling the orb and um, it's creating this wonderful pattern of light in this room for the three of you. You espy the pile of rags and it moves. Uh, hello? He pokes it. Be, okay. Be careful, Kip. You mm, poking and mm, jail. Mm. <laughs> a tabaxi, a raccoon like tabaxi, suddenly crawls out from these rags. And chat, you can tell me what the voice is or what famous person's voice is this raccoon tabaxi talk like. And then I will attempt to do that as uh, you can tell immediately that this is Jace, the friend of M.A. Maracas. <laughs> and, and last, and I've already done Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> last week. I don't need to do Gilbert Gottfried every, every episode. Week. Every week is Gilbert Gottfried week on... <laughs> Twitch. Until he shows up himself to do it. Yeah. Next choice, please. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Sean Connery. Um, I'll just do my uh yeah, okay, I'll attempt Sean Connery. Uh, <laughs> Hello? Jace. Just Jace. What's up, Jace? Hello, Jace. I see that you've met my friend M.A. Maracas. Are you the ones who are here to set us free? No, we're not here to set you free. We're here no. to stop whatever's going on. 
I guess that's something that we can do. I would like to let you... Uh, I, sorry, I'm going to have to change the accent a little bit. It's I, He says, I have a particular set of skills, and that skills can pay the bills. What are they? I'm a fighter. Well and true. Can we get a list? A, a list? A list of your skills, yes. A resume? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, good, good. Do you, yeah. Kinko's nearby? Are you not with devils? Yeah. Yes, we are. Then here's what's going to happen. At some time tonight, they're going to remove us from solitary and take us to the temple down below, where they're undertaking some crazed ritual that will doubtlessly bring an end to all of this world. I'm not the religious sort, as you can tell. My skills lie in other areas. He winks knowingly at Oriana. Yeah, I'm more spiritual myself. Excellent. Then your spiritual abilities may be put to good use tonight. Uh, uh, A giant fight for our freedom will be undertaken. I I, I don't see how my my yoga will help. It's not going to, Kip. So stop bringing it up. Well, it keeps you limber, man. Mm, Okay. But your freedom, even when you were freed last time, you were brought back to jail, correct? (sighs) Just because you're freed from the prison doesn't mean you're free from the law. I still was sent back here because I had time remaining on me. Recidivism, Dan. Charges. Right. We understand that. We are... Yes. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, chat. I will attempt that. (laughs) You can all tell that apparently this tabaxi jace has been putting on an air in order to impress oriana with his magical sean connery like voice and he uh, (laughs) breaks down when confronted with this and he says uh he says i've of course if you don't mind kid doing the things that need to be done then we can get out of here because there's a lot of problems that we need to deal with. Right. Do you, do you have a cowbell? No, but if I did, I would ring it. Okay. All right. So, like, what do we got to do? What we need to do is pretend to be asleep. And then when the doors open, we go to the fight and then we bring it. To the warden himself. Kid. I mean, Kip. I like how you think. Yes, nothing could possibly go wrong with this plan. Well, as they say, the best laid plans of tabaxi and tieflings often go awry. Emphasis on the lay? (laughs) You know. Okay, time for night-night then. Is there preparations you need to make? Before we uh, fight. Yeah, I probably need to drink a health potion. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. Jace indicates that it will not be long. It is not even going to be a short rest before you're dragged from solitary. So if you are injured or whatnot, I would recommend casting what spells you may need to or quaffing what potions you may have in order to uh, regain whatever hit points you may get before you descend into the last scene of this adventure. Before Oriana uses her health potion, Fauna will say, no, um, just just wait one second, please. And we'll cast Healing Spirit 
Uh, healing spirit is the one that lets me call for the nature spirit. And this looks like a, it looks like a large lily that springs from the bottom of the cell we're in. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, um, a healing um, effect comes around us. So until the spell ends, whenever you are a creature, you can see moves in the spirit space for the first time or starts its turn in there. Spirit can, re- can restore 1d6 hit points to that creature and it's concentration for up to a minute. Wow. So that's what, 10d6? Wow. So yeah, 10d6. Awesome. So yeah, roll those up sometime between now and an hour. There is a small opening under the door where some food would normally be set in. And instead, you see the red wig of Marion the orcish physician whisper through the door and says, I don't have much time. I'm going to slip you some items to help you further. Nice. And it's weird. Three hands, three right hands, like sculpted alabaster hands are passed through the door and three beautiful red ribbons are passed through the door, like through this slot as well. And she says, take them. If you are intent to go to the fight, you must, you must put them where they belong. The temple has been defiled. I have found these in the warden's quarters. Help me. You got it. Yes, a little color added to my outfit should be should work. <laughs> Excellent. There's three ribbons and three hands. Do you each take one or does one person become the responsible party? I think one each is good, right? I'm good for whatever. Awesome. Is there anything you'd like to discuss or deliberate on before the next thing occurs? So Jace, like are are we fighting from like right here or are we wait until we get brought down below? Oh, you're talking to Jace? <laughs> yeah. Jace seems to be asleep. All right. What do you, what do you two think? I believe they will want to make a sport of it of some kind if I understand correctly and killing random guards or won't do what we need to do. We need to I believe we need to be brought down to wherever this area is and then let the game begin. Cool. I would agree. I think we have to go willingly to where they're going to take us. Fine with me. 29 points of health, by the way. Wow. I needed it that much. But Everybody? Yes. It's a healing spirit. Everybody stands in it. It's a buff. Excellent. Oh, you say it's a buff, and we flash back to Wax Buckley, who is uh, <laughs> trying now to grow hair places that now don't grow hair on him anymore like <laughs> one half of his mustache oh yeah and suddenly the floor in the middle of this 10 by 10 begins to crackle and rumble and devolves into stairs leading down were any of you laying on that I would offer inspiration to anyone who is currently laying in the middle there where the stairs suddenly and they tumble down it, but you all have inspiration, so there's no need to make a fool of your character and take damage if you don't feel the need to. Oh, Rich looks like he's smiling. Rich will. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. He's probably like, like, just like this in the middle, like, 
He was doing Tai Chi in the middle, and all of a sudden the stairs fall out from underneath him. Yeah. And his counterbalances and starts going tipping over. Do you so describe the fall down the stairs or what happens as you go down the stairs? <laughs> He's just like E A O E A O. Okay, the stairs go straight down thirty feet. You roll down the stairs. You don't take any damage because there's stairs, right? Like maybe you take a D six, but whatever. I don't. I, it's immaterial. You're more embarrassed probably than anything else. There are two rows of guards. They are wearing red row red guard outfits with gray thread. And they look mean and nasty. Two rows of them, one on either side. And there is a prison guard there that you have not seen before. They are angry. What race are they, Paige? Elf. They are an elf. Excellent. They're a mean, buff-looking elf, and they are missing an eye. They only have one eye, and they glare at you with their single eye, and they're like, how am I going to go up there and make an entrance and explain what's going to happen to y'all tonight? Oop, Kyle lost the eye. The eye came back! It's a miracle! (laughs) Yes, he's been healed. Healed for forevermore. And he says... (laughs) How am I going to go up there and do that if you are down here? Go back upstairs. Kip, like, as he landed face first, he just goes up into an upward dog and be like, what? <laughs> I meant to do that. Um, go, go back upstairs, please, says the elf with one eye. But, but like, I'm already here. Fine. And the elf marches past you and goes up the stairs and begins what doubtlessly seems to be a premeditated speech that they haven't memorized very well. And they and they say, you have been chosen for the fights. Gambling, betting, the world is at stake for you. If you survive the fights tonight and you live, you will have the glory of being led into the hunt. The hunt is a glorious race to Neverwinter itself. And if you manage to make your way to Neverwinter, then you will be free of the hunt itself. My eye keeps popping out. It's not helpful. There. Hopefully that sticks. Now, go fight as hard as you can, and if you live, you will reap greater benefit by getting this freedom from this place. Any questions? So, Kip followed him up stealthily. You rolled an 18. Yep. And so after he's done, he's like, that was really good, but like right behind him. (laughs) Okay, you startle the elf, because the elf expected you to still be downstairs doing some sort of like dumb dog, downward dog thing. The elf then makes a dexterity saving throw <laughs> oh god damn it fails the dexterity saving throw and steps backwards thinking that they're stepping across to the platform and then falls down the stairs there you note that they're wearing the robes that that other prisoner was wearing but they're wearing guard a uh, garb underneath they fall down the stairs uh and she goes and lands in a crumple at the bottom just for chat there and all of the other guards are like oh my god <laughs> uh, the director's pissed it was like 
this is not what I was intending or wanted from this scene at all. You're led rather haphazardly and imperfectly to this scene, which has been set up. It's the middle of the night now. You guys have been there for like, what, a day? (laughs) Selected for the fight already. And the three of you are led into this underground temple. It looks like it used to be a temple to ill matter. And you can tell this because there are three pedestals. Sorry, we'll describe first and foremost. The most important part is the ring itself. It is exactly like a wrestling ring. It has the blue matted square floor. It has red and white ropes around it. It is exactly 15 feet by 15 feet. So it's 30, you know, 15 feet by 15 feet square. It it has octagonal it is in an octagonal room and there are little palanquins little like boxes for rich upper class noble people to sit and the one part of that octagon that the head of it that you because you come down the bottom the southern one and to the north is where the other part is that actually opens into a maw of the cliff itself looking out on the moon dappled ocean or lake that is that lies on the other side of the scene There is what looks to be a makeshift teleportation circle that is bringing the guests in from Neverwinter that has been turned off as the guests are now taking their seats. And there's like a couple of uh, sexy looking tieflings that have been brought in for this that are, you know, bringing around drinks and whatnot to the rich upper class and nobles, the wealthier evil people who like to watch blood sport. And there is a fight that's currently happening between two animals. Name one of the animals, Paige. Platypus. Okay. A platypus is currently fighting something in the ring. Nathan, what is the platypus fighting? An otter. The battle rages hot and heavy as these two animals engage in brutal violence. They have both been enlarged for the scene so that people can see what it is, and they're like five foot tall. And which of them wins, Rich? Oh, it's definitely the otter. The otter wins. It rips the bill right off of the platypus and it devours the platypus. And that is what you engage in as you walk into this scene. You see these two animals uh, fighting and there's an announcer and you can see the warden himself. The warden himself. One second. I don't want to roll over my eye patch. The warden himself is seated in or standing on a little podium sort of area a little raised his back is to the open moon lit scene upon the cliff itself the ceiling arches up into this big open dome that's about 40 feet high in the air and there's maybe 10 feet between the boxes that are set up in these uh around the octagon and the ring itself as you're led up to the uh, to the center ring for the fight, as it were. And it looks as though when you're brought down, one of you is handed a red headscarf and the other two are handed green headscarves. Who's handed the red headscarf? Oriana, because it has to match her wristband. Oh. Green won't go. 
Okay, perfect. So you're handed the red ha- headscarf, and Jace has a red headscarf as well. And you are all sent into the ring proper and in your position there. And the warden, let me describe the warden for you. He is a tall man, human powerful looking he's like six foot eight um he is wearing his warden suit uh looks really polished and prime but you can tell that there is some sort of dark energy coming off of him some sort of malevolence that you can feel while i put the costume on why doesn't nathan describe for me what this dark energy is what is the opposite of ill matter uh, is it would it be necrotic would it be it's almost like the absence of energy, the the absence of, of, of anything. It is kind of like what you assume a black hole would be. It seems to be sucking in the energy and the light around it. Okay, this is what the warden looks like. He's got a thick black mustache and he wears a Amish pilgrim style black hat with the brim pulled low. And he looks like. Well, I mean, I look like Kyle, but I'm really hoping you'll picture like the Undertaker with that sort of malevolence that creeps off of him. It's really cool that Nathan brought up like the opposite of ill matter, because the one thing that I did not mention that you can see immediately is that there are three alabaster hands that are on pedestals set in between several of the boxes there's three in total and these alabaster hands are mounted at the top of this these pedestals that are about 10 feet tall and the hand is the same size as a human's hand and if you'd like to make a religion check you may do so they're curled and talons have been painted upon them in red and it looks as though there is a small amount of blood upon them and if anybody beat a 12 i'll tell you what that is oh we've got rich 13 12 13 and oriana how'd you do Oh, excellent. So the two of you know, and you flaunt it in Fauna's face, that that is the hand of Malar, the god of the hunt, the bestial god. Sorry, it's not even a god. It's like a demon. The demon Malar, one of the arch fiends sort of things. And this is their sigil. And with your natural 19, Oriana, you can see that the way these three sigils are, these three hands are set up on these three pedestals that whatever violence that is wrought upon the circle the squared circle you're about to go fight in um that it is dedicated to malar because the warden um warden beale is his name speaks in a southern baptist style preacher voice as he beckons for fire and brimstone to bring down upon this here fight and may the combatants be glorious in this flowing of blood and death and dismemberment for all as we so celebrate let it be known and let it be seen that this happened here tonight and today that we rain this judgment down for the edifice and entertainment of all and he seems to whisper something under his breath and if you have a passive well, then you have good enough passive perception so it's fine you may make a perception check to detect what it was that he says and also Make a, a, subs- a secondary perception check as well as you look upon the ring as you're walking towards it. 
Kip, usual, not paying attention to anything, but what's going on in his own head. Nathan. 15 and 17. Okay, so that's enough for both. And Paige, how'd you do? 15 and 13. Perfect. You both get him to, he whispers Malar's name, and Malar's name be blessed. May this be the last and utter challenge that we need to bring you forth and and allow you your entry into the material plane, my lord and savior. I'll call unto thee. He whispers to you. Uh, he whispers in general that you overhear and can read his lips as he says it. And Nathan, Fauna sees that the squared circle that you're standing upon actually covers. You can just make out the scritch of what looks to be part of a triangle. And you believe immediately upon seeing that, that there is something carved into the floor that is being covered by this ring that you're about to fight on. That means that you're going to do something above a some sort of summoning or circle of dark intent. Are we close to each other? I'm assuming we're kind of huddled together going in the middle where they're going to talk the rules or whatever. Yes, you're huddled together close to each other as you walk towards uh, the ring. Fauna will definitely say, I, I don't know what's going on, but it looks like they're summoning something. These fights that are that he wants to happen are the last of what he needs to bring in. Malar, maybe? I think that's what I, I heard him say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, correct. And I don't think we can allow this to happen. Right. Oh, I agree. Yeah. So we need to switch out the maybe the hands for the ones we have? I mean, we could try. Does anybody know what the symbol of ill matter looks like? Would anybody like to use their inspiration to know what the symbol of ill matter looks like? Yes. All right. Let's do that. Okay, so Paige's inspiration is going away, and I will reveal the symbol of ill matter. That is the symbol of ill matter. Shocking. <laughs> All right. It is two hands tied and bound by red ribbon. So why did she give us three hands? <laughs> Rich is deep in the kippers now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god so you all know what we have to do right in or out of character <laughs> I, I I believe we take one of the hands we have and tie it to the hand that's already there that would make three pair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then I have to let go of the ribbon that's on my wrist and it's kind of nice you guys are so funny I would like to give you inspiration I'd even level you for this sort of hilarity but like, it's so dumb that I kind of want to de-level you <laughs> all right so we need like a distraction and i have just the thing oh here we go oh that's fine i i owe these people they want to see death right we'll bring them death i've got i got this friend that that (laughs) i can i can summon and he can do some cool stuff all friends are welcome right but if we cause death, do we not give them what the warden wants? Just don't cause it in the circle. <laughs> that's not a good laugh. I don't like that at all. No, that's fine. <laughs> do you step into the squared circle or are you still huddled on the outside edges of it? I feel like still on the outside, right? Until they forced us in there. 
okay, definitely seems like that's the intent now is for you to be pushed and propelled into the squared circle for this massive fight to the death betwixt Jace and Oriana against Kip and Fauna. Time seems to slow as our players make their decision as to what they're going to do. And they all act in concert doing what? So Kip, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, de- oh. Kip's probably should be last. Nope. <laughs> so go, you, you go first. Oriana was going to grab for the hand she has and immediately try to tie it to the hand nearest okay, to her. So that is still probably a 20 foot dash to get to it. And it is 10 feet Fast up. Runner. 10 feet up. Oh. <laughs> yes, they're on the, they're 10 feet up on these pedestals. Hmm. All right. So time for a distraction. Kip is going to smash a, a vial of blood on the ground and say, I choose. Where did you get this vial of blood from? I don't know. Editing. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you like to spend your inspiration yes. to have a vial of blood yes. from editing? All right. Yes. I will do fine. that. So- you have a vial of blood there in your hands. No one knows from whence you got it. it. Must have been in the yard somewhere, right? And so, so he 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 smashes on the ground. And he goes, "I choose you, Tanaruk," and summons a greater demon into the okay. room. Wow! And the demon is a Tanaruk. It's this giant, nasty, evil-looking thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all gonna die. <laughs> yep. You never know. So you summon a demon, a greater demon. Yes. Okay, what are the stipulations upon this demon when you summon it? So you have to maintain concentration to control it? Right. Uh, so I, it has its okay. own initiative. When I summon it, I can give it verbal commands. And at the end of each of the demon's turns, it has to make a charisma saving throw. Um, okay. If it saves, I no longer have control over it. Okay, what is the difficulty on the charisma saving throw? How long is it here for? It's here for when I lose control, it disappears after one d six rounds, so three rounds. Uh, no, I roll the d six. Oh. Sorry, I'm going not going to tell you what that's going to be. Okay, that's cool. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Uh, so yeah, so the the this uh save DC is fifteen. Oh, all right. What level spell is this? It's a level four. My only level four. Okay. Yep. No, nope. you. I don't see anything on my uh, my abilities here that can allow me to ca- cancel this from happening. So, and what is the check on the difficulty to maintain you know, control of this beast? What's here? It has to make a charisma saving throw and beat a 15. All right. And that makes that at the end of its turn? Yes. Okay, well, it is not going first. It's rolled a four initiative. The order of combat is actually Kip, then Fauna, then Oriana, then the bad guys, and then Tanarook. Nice. Okay, chat, while I'm uh, doing that, can you tell me how Tanarook speaks and what voice is used for Tanarook? I'm perfectly fine with Pokemon style where it just says, Tanarook, Tanarook. <laughs> uh, but that might not be the most... Uh, epic of style so you give me the voice and i will do that meanwhile kip has made his action known we've started initiative or it is fauna's turn what would you like to do fauna spins around immediately and looks down at the ground to see the dead animals and says oh you want to see animals fight we can do that 
and cast Spirit Guardian on themselves, choosing Primal Beast, okay. or Guardian of Nature, I apologize, uh, choosing Primal Beast. Uh, that is my bonus action. So um, Fauna becomes bigger, more beast-like, and then... And what do you say to cast that, that spell? That is a roar of a... That's a jaguar's roar. Awesome. And then... We don't get to hear it this week, though? No, not this week. I got I got sleeping kids. <sighs> it um, sounded so good last week. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. That's a bonus action. And then as an action, Fauna will actually turn into a saber-toothed tiger. This tiger wow. is, is bigger, and the stripes are actually kind of mesmerotic with, with um, black and gray instead of the look very large. And it uh, seems like all their teeth are a little sharper and a little bigger. So... That is my action and bonus action. I then want to use my movement to leap into the crowd. Okay. One of the boxes. Sounds good to me. On my way toward the, on, I want to leap into the crowd on my way toward the, the warden, but I don't want to get in okay. the warden's thing. I want, I want to cause mischief and mayhem along the way. Ah, uh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. You leap into one of the boxes. Okay. And my turn is over. That is that. Oriana, what are you up to? So how many bad people are there? There are three bad guys, but there's now also a demon that seems to have sprung out of nowhere that you're like, what is that? Um, the three bad guys, there is the elf with one eye. There is Sneed, who is wearing robes. Um, so is the elf, but yeah, anyway. And uh, Beale himself in his pilgrim hat. Uh, I think I'd like to cast Acid Splash at... Who are either of them standing beside each other? No. They're all um, at least 10 feet away from each other. I'll cast Acid... S- wow, I can't say that. Acid Splash at Beal. Okay, go ahead. Is that a dexterity saving throw or is that an attack roll from you? Dexterity saving throw. No, he fails. So four acid damage. That was... Uh, that's Oriana's turn. Are you doing anything else, Oriana? I'd like to move towards one of the pillars. Oh, absolutely. You can get right up to a pillar. It's only like 20 feet away. It is now 10 feet up. And so that's about two feet, three feet out of range of you to reach. In order to get to it, you'd need to make, you could jump and make an athletics, um, strength athletics check, or you could climb it with a dexterity acrobatics check on your next turn if you would like to. Not at this time. Anything else you'd like to do with your turn? A bonus action or anything? Then it is now the bad guy's turn. And Beal... He's going to cast Blindness on Tana Rook because that sounds like a really good choice on that end. Uh, so the target has to make a constitution saving throw. Let's roll for Tana Rook. Do you know what Tana Rook's stats are? Yeah, it's a uh, plus five to con. All right, then you roll me a constitution saving throw for Tana Rook. Uh, 16. Pull up Beal here. Beal casts, he says, in Malal's name, may you be blinded from the light. And the difficulty on his spell save is a, no, it's only a 16. So he succeeds, hey? Yeah. All right. So that was the end of that for Beal, the elf, and the Sneed. They seem to glow and grow uh, they are suffused with a dark malevolent red light as they turn into Balgura 
demons as well. And they both um, tip their head and salute, nod to Tanarook as they and they wave and they're like, "Sorry, I didn't make." high tea on Saturday and fiendish to Tanarok and Tanarok's like, it's okay, it was really well attended, but you didn't miss much. <laughs> and Sneed's like, did you get my Amazon Prime gift for your birthday? And uh, Tanarok says, yes, it was lovely. Thank you, friend. Now we fight and uh, the two demons move towards Oriana. <laughs> Okay, and they will recklessly attack with advantage with their swords, I gather they have. And they take a running leap 40 feet and 20 feet along, and they land with heavy thuds on either side of Oriana, and they strike brutally with their uh, with their attacks. Uh, I have only a 12 on the first, but a 20... Oh, sorry, oh. it's advantage. So 20 on the first attack, and the other one gets only a 12. What's your armor class? Oh, Nelly. So the Barl Guras do horrible rending. I think it's 44 points of damage to you. Just to double check that. Does that mean I can't use my reaction? <laughs> what would you like to do with your reaction? Hellish rebuke, but I can't if I'm down. <laughs> Are you down? If it's 44 points of damage, yeah. It is actually, sorry, it is 22 points of damage. <gasps> okay, we're good. <laughs> These red gorilla style shaped uh, um, beings, and their short swords in hand attack and do their brutal damage. 44, no, 4d4. No, it was a sp I just doubled the, the math accidentally when I shouldn't have. So that was the first one's attack. The second one manages to do an additional 11 damage to you when it hits you one? with its sword. Yeah, that was just one. So it's They both hit you twice. So it would have been four attacks each. So there you go. So Surrounded by these Barlguras. That was the three bad guys' turns. It's Tanarook's turn. Tanarook. Can I hellish yep. rebuke one of them? Oh, please do. Yes, say the words. Do the hellish rebuke. Because I'm on. This is probably my last one around. <laughs> well, you have a healing potion as well. So oh, true. True, true, true. Okay. Uh, I'm going to point my finger at the first one that did the most damage. Yes. Mm -hmm. He must. They must. She must. It must roll. It has rolled a seven on the die. I think that's a nine total. It fails. What is it that it does? 2d10 fire damage. Cool. All right. Well, you roll that up and tell me, um, well, it's fire, not radiant damage or something like that. Because you're about to do fire to a demon. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, you do your damage while we move on. It is Tanarook's turn. Uh, what have you commanded Tanarook to do this turn? I don't know if you've commanded it to do anything. Do you have to use your action to command it to do stuff, or do you just get to do stuff? No, it's it's free. Wow. So I, I give it a command when I summon it. So when I summoned it before I realized there were Balgura there, I would have told it to attack the, okay. the warden. And it has a multi-attack. And both of the attacks, so it, it attacks first with a bite with, for an 18. Okay. And that does uh, 12 damage. Okay. 
12 piercing damage. And then the second attack with the great sword is also an 18. Wait, he gets to have a great sword just because maybe he That's was in what the he gets bath. summoned with. He, a, a good demon never leaves a sword behind. All right. Well, it's not actually a great sword. It's his back scratcher that he uses to get his, you know, horribly scaly hide with the pumice stone. So it's the same effect as a great sword. It's just, he was in the bath when you summoned him. Excellent. Yep. Uh, so that was also an 18 to hit. And that is, um, uh, 11 damage. Great. He rends him brutally. Uh, he is pretty hurt. Cool. All right, now he gets to make a charisma saving throw. Yes, I will make the charisma saving throw. Actually, no. Paige, you make a charisma saving throw for me for the ton of rook. He gets a <laughs> minus one to charisma. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the ton of rook does not make the saving throw, and the ton of rook says in the voice um, it's like, totally righteous, dude. I'm going to slam you with my back brush and rend you limb from limb. And uh, Beale's like, how dare you? I'm trying to bring forth one of your masters. And we return now to the top of the round where it is Kip's turn. All right. Uh, he's going to cast his magic missile. Okay. But he's going to cast it at uh, third level. Okay. So that is... Uh, what did it say? All right, you cast magic missile, and you have you rolled your damage right. already, or no? No, yeah, I'll roll it. Who are now. you hitting? One of the ball girls. Okay, cool. The ball girl that I would imagine was already hit by um, the damage rent to it by Paige. Paige, how much damage did your hellish rebuke do? Seven. <laughs> okay, so it did three points of damage. <laughs> so those magic missiles do nineteen damage. Wow. I rolled cool. three fours and a three. That's awesome. Great, great job. So with that, that's a good amount of damage. What else would you like to do with your turn? Anything? Probably not. Probably just stay there. Okay. Cowering. The crowd has burst into shock and fear. They're screaming and backing up. But the crowd that was actually closer to the stairs, it's further away and not really connected or near the combat at this point, is eating it up. They're eating popcorn. They're chatting with each other. They're talking about how awesome this fight is. And they're totally don't seem to care about the people that are currently in the way and possibly going to die as a result of these Barl Gurus making their presence known and attacking brutally. It is now Fauna's turn, followed by Oriana. So Fauna, seeing that the demon is going after Beale, will actually turn and go after the Balrog that is not that that Kip did not go after. If that makes sense. Okay, perfect. Yep. Fauna leaps at them and uses the tiger ability pounce. Yep. Rolls a 20 on the first. Does that hit? Yes. With the claws, it does 12 points of damage. So you see this the large tiger jump off basically the top turnbuckle on this thing's back and scrape down uh, the, the insides of the back. I need a DC 14 strength saving throw. Okay, that's there's something pretty good at that. So I have no, I've only got a 10 total. All right. Then as a bonus action, the tiger can take a bite, which is I uh, roll, I end up going a 25. Okay, yeah. That and hits. for 13 more points of damage. So how much damage did you do total? 25. Thank you for that math. Perfect. Is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn as you rend and the blood flies from the back of this poor borrowed girl? What color is the blood, Nathan? 
Uh, it is black. Black blood, Icarus thick wheels up and sprays the crowd and sizzles and hisses. It seems to be acidic and damaging to people. Not It's, it's just color, not hurting your character. Nope. I'm Moving forward, it is Oriana's turn, unless you're done. Well, not done. <laughs> I'm done. She's okay, done. perfect. Oriana, what would you like to do? Um, I'm going to attack Beal again. Okay, go for it. What are you doing to Beal? Blight. Blight? Yes. Okay, that's a saving throw on my part, correct? Is that a charisma saving throw? Constitution saving throw for Beal. Okay, I can do that. Okay. I have a 22. <laughs> okay, well, you take half the damage. All right, what does this Blight do? Cast the spell, tell me the words, give me the description, and then tell me how much damage you did. <laughs> the spell word is Blightculus. <laughs> The writer has left. <laughs> Papers go up done. in the air. There's <laughs> not even papers anymore. Like, oh, there's a cell phone, like one of those flip flip phones from the 80s. It's like hurled against a wall and breaks in half. And I can't believe this. And that's it. Just gone. Slam. The door is shut. <laughs> Blightulous was the word, was it not? Blightulous? Blightulous? Blight? Blightulous. Blightulous. That's that's some thinking. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> How much damage did you do? So 31, so half of that. So 15. Okay, so 15. <laughs> yes, you bet. 15.5. Okay, perfect. So that is your turn unless you'd like to do anything else. Can I attempt to use my movement to climb this pillar? And that would be your action, not your move. Then I'm so. not going to do that. Okay, perfect. Who we are moving forward then. That was Oriana's turn. It is now the bad guy's turn. So Beal. Oh goodness. So the Baralgura that just got attacked by Fauna turns to strike at Fauna recklessly again as well. Where my other d20 go? The recklessly attacks you. I go, oh, I got a nat 20. So that does 22 points of damage when it attacks you with its first and swings again. Uh, I've got an 17 to hit is yep, that, that your armor class yep. then it does an additional 11 damage to you with its slashes and hacks uh, from its weapons and claws and other demonic influences the other one will now attack oriana again as well um not recklessly though doesn't have to be no, it it does get you with two 21s on both hits to do 22 points of damage total. And I'm down. <laughs> okay, did you happen to drink your healing potion no. instead in last turn with your free action like you could yes, have? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I guess we just missed that because I guess that did happen. So you're... Well, my invisibility hadn't worn off on it. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, because nobody noticed that. So you would have regained 4d4 plus 4 hit points. How many hit points did you have left when I did 22 to you? Four. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so you now have no healing potion and you have four hit points left over so that you can just keep your math the same as we move forward. It is Beal's turn. (laughs) And Beal is going to attempt to banish... Oh, no, don't do that. Tanarook. Because I believe it, if it banishes Tanarook and Tanarook is not from this plane, then it's just gone, right? Yep. Doesn't have to come back. He has to focus on it for a minute, though. 
the casting time on banishment is one action. But I mean, he has to he has to keep his focus, his concentration for a minute, or he'll come back. So. Yeah, I think no. But Tanarook won't come back because this is not Tanarook's plane. Tanarook will just get banished back from when yeah. Tanarook Ooh, came from. Okay. So that's uh, what I'm going to do. So I need you to make a charisma saving throw. That's an eight. <laughs> yes. Gotcha! All right, Tanaruk is banished, and uh, Beale says, In the name of Malah, I'll send you back from whence you came, demon! Um, but do tell Malara, said I, and and uh, that I forgot his birthday, and I will send him a gift by Amazon Prime, because that is a great service, and it allows me to gift wrap it at a really inexpensive price. I mean, the bags are delightful, and I use them again later on for other things. <laughs> At least I find myself a funny. Okay, Tanaruk has been sent away. Tanaruk has no action. It is now... Oh, I have Wax Buckley's turn here. He is crying in his broken home. Kip, what would you like to do with your turn? Uh, Kip is going to cast uh, Shatter. Okay. Uh, so this, the two Balgurs still next to each other? They are... At, there is an Oriana sandwich. Oh, happening. she's in the middle? Yeah. All right. I'm always in. <laughs> uh, which one of them is more hurt? The one that uh, Trask, the one-eyed one, is the one that is more hurt okay. than the one that has been rent by or Sneed, which is the one that um, Fauna is currently. So fighting. he will he will cast it so the the ten foot radius um, sphere only encompasses that one, so it doesn't. Okay. In so doing, you're going to level a whole bunch of rich people from Neverwinter. Just cool. So. He, he he don't care. So that's a, a constitution oh, okay. saving throw of 15. Cool. Duly duly noted on the evil action here. So the Barl Gura... It's an evil if if they're watching <laughs> blood sports. Is it? Is it? The Barl Gura will attempt their constitution saving throw? All right. Yes. 15. Uh, oh, no, I only rolled a three. That's a nine total. So, All right, so that is 11 thunder damage. Well, they definitely feel the thunder, lightning and the thunder, as you rend them horribly. The Barulgura, however, is not down yet. It is now Fauna's turn, followed by Oriana. Uh, Fauna will make an attack with the claw for 18. Yeah, that hits, of course. For 14 points of damage. Okay. And is that the... That's it. Okay. Yep. All right. You missed with the other one or... I only get one attack. I, if I pounce, ah. then I can do both. I see. I like that. Okay. Too bad you can't pounce everywhere, hey? Hey. All right. Cool. The the claw strikes its hamstring and rends free a bunch of necessary leg-moving uh, ligaments and tendons. It is now Oriana's turn, followed by the bad guys. I am going to try and take my action and go up the pillar. <laughs> Maybe. Yes, absolutely. You're not even going to leave their area of threat, so you can climb up the pillar. Um, that would be a perfectly fine action to do. Make your dexterity uh, acrobatics check to climb the pillar. Cool. How'd you do? Did you get a five? Oh, I got a six. 
then that is all oh you are so slow but it's only 10 feet so you climb up it and you look really dumb doing it just so you know like wow there are so many ways to climb a pillar that would actually be effective you didn't pick that way but still by dint of of rolling you still managed to get up there you're there and you're looking the alabaster uh, hand in the face it actually looks like it has a pair like it has been it is supposed to be connected to another alabaster hand uh, and it looks as though the claws are lee press on nails that have been cut to be a point and then applied to the fingers of this alabaster maquette. Does the hand I have have the same nails? <laughs> no, this hand doesn't have the nails. Oh. This hand is just an alabaster hand, but it fits perfectly oh, in the other one when you place it there. I do that and then I tie the ribbon around them together, all nice like a bow. Yes, you have inspiration. You are infused with the will of ill matter to save um, the pain that would be suffered by others and take it upon yourself for ill matter. And you are granted 10 temporary hit points. That's your turn, unless you have a bonus action or anything else you'd like to do. No. <laughs> Okay, then we move on to the bad guys. Uh, Beale, having banished Tanarook, turns his horrible um, face upon Kip, and he says, Summon a demon, will ya? Or you can feel the fire, feel the burn! And he does flame strike upon you, Kip, where a vertical column of divine fire roars down from the heavens upon you. And you need to make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> That's a six. That is a failure then. And you take seven points of radiant damage and ooh. 22 points of fire damage, which, of course, you're a tiefling. What happens when tieflings get hit by fire? It's halved, right? Yes. You said, so there you go. You said 22? Yeah, 22 fire, so that's 11. And the first was 7, so 18. Yeah. All right. Ow. The Barl Gura will attack Fauna. I've missed with both attacks, and the other Baralgura will not do anything because something is going on with that Baralgura, and we'll get to that in a moment. It is now Kip's turn. All right. Kip is like, that's not cool, dude. And he is going to cast Magic Missile again at level three. Oh, my. And he was going to hit a Baralgura, but... Now that he just got hit by Beal, he's going to send that there, and it's uh, 18 damage. Okay, he sends it at Beal? Yeah. Beal looks like he's halfway to death, or so it appears. It is now Fauna's turn. Fauna will continue to attack uh, the one that is on. Yep. Um, the one? Yep. 19. Oh, yeah, definitely. How much damage did you do? 6, 12, 15, 22. So again, another another claw comes out and scrapes down along the along the um, Bulgaro's stomach. Perfect. Yeah, it looks brutally hurt. It's close to death. If Kip had just targeted it with its his magic missile, he would definitely have killed this Bulgaro. But he attacked Beale, so nothing goes to happen there. It is Oriana's turn. You're sta you're hanging on to the top of the pillar where you've placed one of the two hands, one of the three hands. Sorry. If I jump down, does that count as my action? Uh, Actually, no, depending on what you're trying to do. 
Yeah, you can just cast from there too. That's fine. Can I cast spell? Adam, the the one that's almost dead? Yes. You would like to target the one that's targeting fauna? Absolutely. Yes. Um, what do you want to do with it? I would like to use Ray of Frost. Okay. Are you doing some sort of advanced Ray of Frost or are you just trusting to fate and the dice? I'm trusting to fate and the dice. Okay. Um, it is a demon, so the likelihood is it's going to be pretty resistant to cold damage, just so you know. I'm going to use chromatic orb. <laughs> yes. And what type of chromatic orb damage would you like to do? Depends what it affects it the most. <laughs> and that's a good question. You pick one and you tell me. It's definitely good. It's not a good idea to pick lightning, fire, or cold. So pick something else and you're good to go. Poison? That would be a bad, bad, bad choice. Demons are almost always immune to poison. Thunder. Okay, go for it. Acid? <laughs> yeah, choose acid. Go for it. Roll your attack. Roll your damage. We'll come back to you. What do you say as you cast chromatic orb? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chromaculus. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for coming out to Morty's Dubs. <laughs> All right, you cast your spell, you do your horrible depredation. Are you going to use your inspiration on this strike or are you going to just roll to see if you hit? Inspiration. Okay, you need a 15 to hit. Roll your stuff, do your thing. Meanwhile, I will once more come back to the bad guys, but it is not the bad guy's turn because... Oh, right. Kid, you don't know what's going on and you haven't seen Jace since... This all started, but Jace suddenly, suddenly the Baralgura twitches. The one that uh, is not being targeted by Oriana at the moment twitches and suddenly explodes outward in viscera and organ meat as Jace suddenly appears from within the actual creature itself as he shadow steps into the Baralgura and then rends it asunder. His tabaxi fur is covered in gore as he steps out, brutally injured himself, landing lightly on his feet. And he said, kid, I'm a natural weapon. And the Baralgura is dead. That is so brutal, dude. You and uh, Jace high five. Paige, Oriana does, d did you succeed at the hit? You yes. needed a 15. How much damage did you do? 16. Then you have killed this other Barrel Girl. Please describe its death. Upon the impact of the acid orb, it coats the bulgum thing. <laughs> okay, the Barrel Girl. That one. Yep. It coats mm. it. That and one you too. slowly see it disintegrate towards the center, and it just becomes a pool of acid. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> Dissolves into acid. Well, of course, it's a demon, so afterwards they just vanish into smoke and uh, spray sort of thing. Beal then turns, because he's right in front of the big He's hanging over the cliff, right? The big open cliff is in front of him. And you can see that he's turning to like leap out of it and get away sort of thing. And mm -hmm. that is what his action is going to be unless anybody wishes to stop him or do something to arrest what he's about to do. Yes. I have something unless you want to do it, Nathan. No, no, go for it. I mean, 
I don't have a reaction that is I can it a, use. I mean, I can. Do is it a reaction we have to use? Yeah, I mean, you, if you have a reaction spell that be that you could do that, that'd be fine. If you have a thematic story related thing that you would like to do, then that would be, or you would like to input, that would be perfectly acceptable as well. I was just playing on casting a fireball my next turn, anyways. So. All right. Well, this is that he'll he'll get away before your okay, next okay. turn. Can I use my opportunity attack? Nah, he's too far away for attacks of opportunity, and that would just be a regular strike or whatnot. So, what about um, Nathan? A dimension yeah, sorry. Door. Oh no, um, I well, that's use an that. I action as well. Yeah. All right, all right. Did you have any ideas, Nathan, about what you'd like to do? I don't have a reaction that can do anything with it before my next turn. Okay, perfect. Then. I would indicate that at the very beginning of this episode, Bosley gave you a stone and said, you know, if you ever need, let me know and we'll do the thing. So I will, rem- I'm bringing it back the three hours since we last said that. I don't expect people to remember those things. That's what I'm here for to remember. If you have something you'd like to have Bosley suddenly do, what would you like that to be? Bosley should step out of the knowing that when we when we came down we used the stone. Yep. There's a cutback from when we were kind of standing all together. Bosley would step out of where he's running to, and just and like knock him knock this guy out in some way a clothesline or knock him out. Basically, as this guy's turned to run as far as he can, Bosley steps out of the shadows and hits him over the head with something, and and the guy crumples to the ground, and Bosley's looks around and smiles real big because he finally got to do something which he asked to do in the beginning too yes okay and slowly like dragging the guy back yeah so bosley has come out in his floating rowboat which he rowed across the neverwinter the ocean or the lake or whatever it is that is he's rowed it there and then he's floated it up and he steps out of the rowboat at exactly the right time as Beale runs forward to like leap out and cast fly or jump onto a broom or something like that that's in the vestiges Bosley takes the oar and just goes whack right into the face of Beale laying him out and that ends the conflict and combat we wrap things up a little late tonight I apologize for that this was a little bit longer of an episode than I wanted to go. Fauna, as your character takes the alabaster hand and doubtlessly puts it back onto its proper pedestal and reignites the temple to ill matter and re- repeals Malar, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and where people can find you and what you're up to? What's happening, everybody? Again, I'm Nathan. I go by he, him pronouns, and I was playing Fauna, goes by they, them pronouns. You can find me on Twitter at NotAnotherNate. I'm in a bunch of Discord servers as well. I am streaming a couple other shows. One is brand new beginning. One's about to end. Uh, The one about to end is on Tuesday nights on the Greyhawk channel. It's called TDK Iron Heroes. Uh, This will be our last session upcoming. And then on Monday night, I'm going to be streaming at on the pro on pro restarters channel uh, streaming dark sun. I'll be actually be jamming GMing a dark sun stream. I am also a couple of weeks away from uh, first release on a dark sun 5e actual play podcast called Athos Anthology. Uh, You can find it and more information about it on at dark sun podcast on Twitter. Thanks. So what do you do with the hand? I turn back into uh, a fauna, uh, turns back into themselves, uh, slowly walks over and, and 
takes the nails that have been pressed into the hand off, scrapes that off, and then take the hand and slide it into place and wrap it with a ribbon. That's lovely. We turn things to Rich. Hi, I'm Rich. Uh, I'm at Quixotic on uh, Twitter and other platforms. As uh, Nathan said, I am also on uh the Dying Kingdom Iron Heroes on Tuesday, and you can hear my voice in uh, the Fangirls podcast. What do you do with the hand? Uh, seeing the everybody else doing it, he's just going to go over and <laughs> he's going to do like a, a really fancy knot. Oh, that's lovely. Just kind of like, does he use the hands to high five themselves? Oh yeah, that's <laughs> thank you. Yes, he's like oh right, perfect. Oriana goes over to Warden Beal. What do you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Paige, and where people can find you in the future, and what do you do to Warden Beal to end the whole entire thing off? Uh, I am Paige. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at next underscore page, uh, or you can find me on Instagram at Miss Model Page. Uh, you can listen to my voice if you like hearing it at Tavern Tales, um, which can be downloaded through Google Play or iTunes or YouTube? Question mark. <laughs> I will be in episode six of Fangirls, so you'll have to listen to the rest of the episodes to get there. And Oriana walks over to Warden Beale. Is his hat still on? Yes. She takes his hat and yep. puts it on herself. And she says, this is now my hat. It never suited you anyways. <laughs> Do you take his mustache too then? or No. you have solved the crime that the a team had to solve please go check out season one episode three of a team where it's called pros and cons where they also break into jail and go through horrible depredations as well it's quite a bit different from that one there but I hope that you had fun. Thanks again to Phantom Roll Booth, for which we would not be here today if we did not have their uh, site and their status and funding to help us build this this thing here today. Thank you as well to Burst of Hope for my beautiful OBS overlay, because I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to that stuff. Um, but all of those thanks are just words in the wind in comparison to the two other groups that I'd like to thank. One is my players. Thank you so much to Rich and Nathan and Paige for coming out and saying yes to Morty's Devils. Thank you to the entire stable for being active in chat and for being such devout participants of this crazy, silly sort of style Dungeons and Dragons game. And always saying yes to the goofiness of it please go out there and find nathan's dark sun podcast when it comes out it is gorgeous it will be because he's been working hard on it and he is an inspiring and inspired individual please look for rich wherever he is and whatever he's doing follow him on twitter if you're not already because he's hilarious and he's supportive and he's one of the few people i've not met in my life who nevertheless still says yes to me whenever i ask him to do stuff so please go check out the things he's doing he's a great voice actor and if you've got a project coming up 
hire him to do it or ask him to be a part of it. He says, yes, he'll even read solo work for like 22 minutes and he has to do a billion takes and he'll still send it to you in time. Um, I can't ask for someone who's more reliable than Rich. And my dearest friend, Paige, of whom I would not have Tavern Tales without, who says beautiful things to beautiful people all the time and is, I am so lucky to have your friendship in my life. Thank you as well to chat. Thanks everyone for sticking around for this entire three and a half hour adventure. Please accept my apologies for going long. That's not my intent with this show to just wrap it up. Um, I, I think I over overspoke a little few a few too many things in the beginning and I apologize for that. But thank you very much for coming out tonight and I hope that we'll see you back here next week as we once again dive into Morty's Devils with none other than Katie Quixotic who's in chat right now herself, FTM Shepherd, my friend Wes who you've all already met as well and my friend Paige Ford, not Paige Fosheim, Paige Ford. We'll be taking the stage for the first time next week in another episode, this one written by myself. And I have not decided if it's going to be the Xena episode or the Baywatch episode. So stay tuned, folks. It's going to be a riot. Thanks again. Have a wonderful night. This has been Morty's Devils, a weekly podcast captured from the Season 1 Twitch.tv livestream actual play Dungeons & Dragons game, using episodes from 1970s, 80s, and 90s dramatic television as our inspiration for adventure. Interested in finding out more about Morty's Devils? Find us on Twitter at Morty's Devils, or send an email to taverntalesdm at gmail.com. Season 2 will begin airing soon on August 30th on twitch.tv slash unmadegaming at 11pm Eastern Time. Hope to see you there. The theme song for Morty's Devils is Let the Night Fall from Dragonette's 2016 Royal Blue album. Interested in their music? Check them out on iTunes or on Twitter at Dragonette, or find them online at www.dragonetteonline.com. Morty's Devils is a Tavern Tales production, and in Morton Kynan's words, keep the balance.